We are on Hollywood Boulevard. We have lost Doug again. If we, you're <laughs> like right off the bat, I, I was like, I know Karen is saying hi, and I can't hear her. It's the glitches are in uh, a bad form tonight. So um, sorry, guys. Yeah. Um. So bye. Hi. Hello, listeners. Hello, Karen. Hello, <laughs> hello. So oh, hey, we've, we've got a chock-a-block Hollywood Boulevard. So we're just going to get right to it. Yeah, we got we've got all sorts of stuff coming from uh, every direction to to talk about. But uh, Karen, you pointed out a very interesting article that um, I would love to hear your two cents on oh, before yeah, I give okay. my so penny. An article came up on Broadway News, which is a theater industry website, uh, written by Jer- Jeremy Gerard, who is a sort of like old timey. Um, yeah. theater reporter guy who's been, he's sort of like worked everywhere. I know he was at Bloomberg. Yeah, definitely a veteran. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he was at Deadline for a while. So he's been, he's been around the block, as they say. And he wrote this <laughs> kind of opinion story about, um, shows that are basically not letting critics come into review. And, and how it was wrong and that it was time to let the critics in to assess the shows and not wait until right before they close. And, 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 and also to not always let the press reps dictate when, uh, a critic of note can come in and say what they want about a piece. Right. So, and this sort of seemed to be, uh, come from two shows in particular, yeah. uh, the Sarah Jessica Parker, Matthew Broderick, uh, vehicle that is headed to Broadway and I just spaced the name of the Plaza Suite um, and so they're doing that out of town in Boston right now and it's coming to Broadway as their out of town sort of tryout period up in Boston and apparently in Boston they didn't let the critics in or they yeah they didn't let the critics come in but they did allow sort of fawning um you know, feature stories. And then similarly, the West Side Story that just opened on Broadway, which apparently has been running since December. and In only, previews, yeah. In previews, and only just opened, what, like a week ago? About, um, yeah, by now about 10, 9, 10 days ago, yeah. Yeah, and and when is it closing? Is it open-ended? Is it closing soon? I think I think it is open-ended. Now, uh, I have not seen it yet. I'm going later this month, so you'll hear me render my take then. But, but yes, the producers have been playing fast and loose with getting people in, inviting critics in, all of that. So I'm, I mean, you would know better than I, cause I am not on the receiving end of the invites. So I no, don't know what you kind of shenanigans a, are going on with you like, you would have a different vantage point, uh, than I would uh, about the process in general. But, I have a but very yeah. different, my first thought when I read this was, so whip out your fucking credit card and buy a goddamn ticket. That was my first thought. Well, uh, yeah, but I guess my first thought, and this is something I kind of went on the record about a few times a decade ago when the Spider-Man musical was on Broadway, and it had an incredibly lengthy and, and extended preview period, and you were all these reports about how dangerous it was, several of the performers were severely injured, uh, uh, no one knew what to make of it, but it was originally going to open in like February of its year and ended up opening in June. And they just kept extending the uh, preview period. And the way I believe the preview period should work is look, you have to work the show out. You have to figure out everything. You have to figure out the technical stuff. You have to get the script as close to perfect or as least to pleasing you as you possibly can. And that is what your days in the theater are for. So the press previews are when you invite the people in and you say, okay, this is now ready for public consumption. Um, Well, they will charge for those other preview performances, which is the thing, but this is now ready for critical assessment. Um, And, and you know, the critical assessment is there for posterity. Once you write it, it's out there. It's the record. Um, no, so I've always, what? For, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Well, I was going to say, so I've always been very respectful of, look, you do what you need to do. And when you invite the critics in, that's when we can come in and say what we want in an official capacity. And sure. If it's a longer 
preview period. I mean, you can say that's gilding the lily, that maybe sometimes you're even using it to drum up um, some sort of interest. But but when you are there, you are invited in an official capacity to review in an official capacity. You wait for the invite. However, right. there's nothing to stop you from buying a ticket and going in and, and reviewing it. But you have to be transparent about the fact that you did that not having done done with any say-so of the creative team. Right. See, this is the thing, though. I was just frustrated by his whinging, right? Because it was sort You're of You're talking like, about what Jerry Gerard is saying. Yeah, like, he's yeah. sort of, like, whinging about it. He's sort of, like, whining. Why weren't we invited to see this? Well, if you really wanted to review Plaza Suite so bad, right, nothing was stopping you from buying a fucking ticket. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. I mean, sure, you're going to have a pissed off. And the other thing, too, I just want to say with with West Side Story, if this is an open-ended run and they want to hold a longer preview period, that's a technically difficult show, right? And and he was talking about they got this fawning piece in the New York Times. Well, actually, Jeremy, I think he was cherry-picking, right? They did get this lovely magazine piece that was kind of fawning all about West Side Story and they used it for a pull quotes in an ad and maybe that was not cool, but whatever. But he didn't talk about the fact that they also got two reviews when the reviews finally came out, as well as several lead up stories because of the controversy with the dancer that is in this show. And they had the dancer's girlfriend sort of like do an op ed supporting him. They had, um, the other side of the of of they they there was a more critical feature that came out about that. So it wasn't all these sort of glowing stories about West Side Story. It was you know it, there was also some critical stuff out there about it. And honestly, the stuff that came out came out so close to the opening anyway. I kind of didn't realize that it had been going on since December, like it had been in preview since December. I really didn't think that, you know, and the other thing that I do want to point out is, um, during previews, like the show is still being worked on. Um, it is not, it is not until opening or close to opening where the show is quote unquote frozen, which means that this is the show that conceivably every audience member is going to see. So you're actually writing a, a story, you're writing your review. And, and so somebody who comes to see that show six months from now is going to see the same performance that you reviewed. If you need more preview time as a as a create if the creative team needs more preview time and they don't get it, then whatever show they're gonna be whatever show a critic is reviewing might actually not be the show that you're gonna get in six weeks. Absolutely. Because it's still being worked out. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, I'm I get very, very frustrated when there are people, there are critics who are like you know, let us in, let us in. Like, you, you know, they, we, they think that they have this important job to do. It's weird, right? Because they feel like they need to, all right, let me just like take a step back here for a minute and breathe. They, they, no, I liked, I liked the fire. They, (laughs) they don't like, they don't want to be quote unquote seen as consumer reports, right? As their, as criticism, right? On the one hand, they say that they, you know, that, that this is thoughtful culture reporting about this sort of moment in time and we're not consumer reports. This is more thoughtful journalism and all these reasons in defense of why you need critics, right? Okay, and I can agree with that. But then the flip side is now they start saying, well, our, you know, readers deserve to know if this is worth their money. So it's like they want it both ways because if it's worth their money, now you've, you know, if you're supposed to be reporting on this because right. are, you let, are you consumers' of, reports now because right. that's what you ultimately are. You are you talking about the art or are you talking about the commerce? And it's, you don't really get to do both. Right. But if you want to talk about, you know, so for instance, this West Side Story comes with a lot of controversy because it's a very sort of defiantly different production than the traditional classic uh, musical. It's set in a more modern era. There is a lot of, uh, of more technologically uh, advanced like, staging involving video and yeah. also a lot of water, hydraulic stuff on the stage. Um, but, but if you want to do an article about 
things that are happening with the business of selling a show or marketing a show or even like the creative cost of a show, that's fine. That's a business article. And you don't actually have to see a preview performance. You can just interview sources to get a lot of that information. And that is different than evaluating the art of it. And I just want to say before we move past it and I just forget, here's the thing. And I see this from, from, critics or people that get to write about uh, theater, particularly Broadway, a lot. They pout a lot when they don't get invited to things. They pout a lot when Mm -hmm. shows that are selling so well and have limited runs remove themselves from awards consideration, that sort of thing. Hugh Jackman has done that. Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, Sunday in the Park with George revival did that. It pissed people off because they couldn't get in for free. Um, (laughs) And and they use use this thing like, well, but I should be writing about it. And and it's like you just want to keep writing about XYZ show or XYZ star and you really should only get one story or one review out of that. But I thought of this a lot, especially like, say, when uh, the, that debacle of a Cats movie came out mm. two months ago. And mm-hmm. it was like every day was a new article about anticipating Cats. How? Oh, we lost Doug and we're talking about Cats and, and I need to get him back because this is good. Come on, Doug, come back. Come oh, back. sorry, if you missed part of that. We missed, like, the whole saying, thing. You just said something about cats, and I was, like, oh, waiting. Oh, no. Every, I'll, I'll repeat, every, every, every day it was, oh, how cats is coming, how cats looks bad, how cats is going to be bad, how cats is bad, how cats is so bad How you good. should see cats stoned, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some guy, I won't name names, but a guy who really probably should know better or or should write differently um did a thing on ranking cats in order of which fuck the most and it's like really and this is published and you got money for that but um but my point is as someone who sees 275 to 300 shows in the new york area alone every year and it knows that it's not even everything that's out there there are always other shows to cover don't we lost him again, and this is such a good... He's going to go, Doug, go. I want to hear this. For you. There are always other shows to cover. There are always other shows that are off and off off Broadway yep. that aren't getting the coverage, that aren't getting any angle of coverage, whether it's a feature interview with a star in advance or some sort of more business-oriented or lifestyle-oriented angle about mm-hmm. w- about the plot, the writer, whatever, the creative staff. Oh! <gasps> No, we lost him again. I think it's bullshit. They're not doing they're not doing the ethical responsible thing as a quote unquote theater journalist because they, you know, they're just uh star fuckers. Yeah. No, I definitely agree there is um a lot of that sort of like complaining. I mean, you know, the not getting into see something that you want to see like you know, especially smaller shows, you know, that are hot shows, you only got so many tickets and um, to go around and you've got to sort of spread them out. And sometimes you just can't get people in. Like you just, you just can can't I, do it. Can I tell you two complaints I have? And, and f- for the record, and I hope I don't get cut off here, um, Karen Greco is like the best in the entire business. Like she is like press rep extraordinaire strategizes everything ahead of time. I lost you. You're saying such nice things about me and I can't, I can't, you're, I need All you back. I missed everything. No. Yes. It didn't even tell me. I didn't even hear the glitch this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, I'll repeat all this. Yeah, please so, do. Um, My head is inflating. Go, go. So, so, so Karen here is the very best in the business. No one is better at PR than her. She is great at strategizing. She plans everything out ahead of time. She invites people with enough time. She is courteous as doing it. She is she is great. But I deal with a lot of real asshole, cocky press reps. Right. Um, and the two things that I guess I hate the most, and this is not me being like, well, they're not giving me free tickets necessarily, and I could see how it would be likened to that same thing, but... In terms of my own planning, I won't know until right when the invites come, if I'm getting invited, if I'm getting invited on a single or with a plus one. Um, And so I won't buy tickets ahead of time. But sometimes I'm only getting invited to something two weeks ahead of time. 
before opening or finding out two weeks ahead of time uh, that I'm not getting invited because it's not for X, Y, Z consideration. Um, and then sometimes we can't see the show and there's shows we want to see and we would have been willing to pay for ahead of time, but we didn't know. And, right. and sometimes can't buy ahead of time because then that takes up another slot if we're booking every single night. And I'm really talking about like, this is like the, the, the crunch time of year, February through April. And that's happened a couple times recently where it's like, well, we're kind of screwed because these were shows we really did want to see. And now we're not even invited or they're only inviting me. And I'd almost rather have my fiance go than me because she might want to see the show more, but I can't. Um, and right. they're sold out and they're sold out right. otherwise. And the other thing is, um, don't send me an invite and say, please attend on these dates. It's usually three or four different potential dates. And then I respond within four or five minutes of getting an email. And then you say, oh, can you come another date? We need a uh, bigger press to come. Or this, this, uh, this date is actually sold out. No, don't say that because you just sent me an email that said you had room. Right. But if you are going to do that, then I don't want to hear from other people that they're getting in on will call or getting other papering sites in for those exact performances that you said had no availability. Right. Those people annoy me. Right. Those are those are total tangents, I admit, but I wanted to put that out there. Well, um, I will say in defense of those of us, I, I sometimes I will need to move like an awards nominators out of shows that they've booked because I need room for deadline press. Like that's, you know, because, you know, a lot of the awards nominators don't end up writing. Um, but, but that's, but the thing is you will probably check and say like, you're not going to write about this. Yeah. You're just. Yeah. That's why I constantly ask. And this kind of like makes me slightly nuts is like when I have somebody booking a show, um, you know, they don't tell me if they're coming as awards or if they're coming as you know, cause, because they're going to write something, um, whether it's review or feature and they just book and you're just kind of like, okay, but are you reviewing this? Are you writing about this? Are you, or are you seeing it as awards? Because I've only got a, you know, I've only got a finite number of tickets yeah. and if it's and a, a lot of, show, and a lot of your theaters are very limited and tiny. I mean, I only work, we yeah, have small yeah. houses and, and we only do limited yeah. runs. And so, you know, I have, um, you know, so my tickets can be tight. So if I have like an awards nominator who I'll say, well, I can have you after opening, like pick a performance after opening, you know, I usually have a pair or two per performance after opening, unless the show, again, unless the show is, is selling out and in which case the box office will say, you need to release your seats. We need to sell them. And I'll say, okay, like I get it, you know? So sometimes if you don't, you know, it, it's, it's a timing thing too. Like if you need your, t like if you want to see something like hurry up and book, you know, and especially book before opening, you know, because once the reviews do come out and the marketing machine is really going and word of mouth starts, uh, you know, is being generated from like, you know, from, from the jump, you know, first performance and it's strong. My shows have been selling out, which is great. Yes. But like, if you don't, but it makes a lot of press angry because I can't get them in, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, if there's something that you think you might be remotely interested in, then like, Oh, I, I agree. And if but, I sit on an invite, that's on me, but right. I'm like, if you send me an invite three weeks before opening and you send it to me at 1201 and I respond at 1203 and you say, Oh, actually we can't get you into any of these dates. Please pick something else. A, fuck you. Right. <laughs> B, then why don't you give me other dates that will work so we don't go back and forth a bit? And right. C, fuck you. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, like but, I always but, try and give other dates. Like I, if I'm like, if I can't fit you in, I'll be like, okay, I can't fit you in there. How about boom, boom, boom. And yeah. then I'll give three. Because usually I'll say, could you give me three dates? And, you know, they come back with like a half a date. And, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just is kind of like really extraordinary. And, and, you know, and that's the sort of level of frustration when people book. And, you know, I get it. Like people are writing for a thousand different outlets these days because there's no, it's tricky, you know, the, so the whole scene has dwindled. Yes. Yeah. And so it gets really tricky when I'm like, okay, what outlet, like what outlet are you writing for? If you don't tell me, I don't know. You know, are you coming as an awards nominator or you, or, you know, it just, it just gets really complicated and, you know, I want everybody to see it 
who writes about it. I don't care how tiny your publication is. If you are passionate enough about theater that you are going to, you know, take the time to see a show. Cause I get it. It's time. Time is valuable. All of our time is valuable. My time is valuable. Yeah. Doug's time is valuable. Yeah. Listeners, your time is valuable. Yeah. You know, I, I, if you're going to like take the time to see something and then write about it thoughtfully, um, I want to give you the opportunity to see it. You know, I really do. But, you know, it, it there's also, it's nice if there are courtesies extended, like, I don't know, send me links to your reviews. That's so helpful. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not constantly like trolling the internet. Um, and, and so few people do it. Um, that's such crap, you know, or just, but, but I know, but, or write, just write. Don't like, don't. And I don't say like write for every show, like some shows you might like, but there are some critics where it's just like, I never see a review from them. I never, and I'm just kind of like, well, I'm not going to let you in after a while. You know, I'll, I'll give you so many chances, but like, I'm not gonna, I, I can't keep letting you in. And you know, if this is a one-sided relationship, like if you really you just want to get comped, to like join a papering service, right? you know, because right now you're making a promise and you're not fulfilling that promise. Um, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to, to sort of negotiate. And then when you sort of move into a more commercial level, like Jeremy was talking about, like, you know, you, you do want to make sure that the show is ready. There is a lot of money riding on this for the, you know, not only the producers who put up the money, but also the creative team who are relying on box office and ticket sales and tours and licensing and stuff like that to sort of, you know, pay and pay their salary. Um, you know, so, and, and, and so like a, a hit show is going to like, like if a show is not ready, that could make a difference, not only in somebody's career, you know, but also in their sort of financial well being in the, you know, presently and in the future. And, you know, right. so these are, these are things that like, I don't think journalists, um, <clears throat> are considering and it is keep in mind and it is something that they need to keep in mind because it's so easy to sort of like sit there in your cubicle and, 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 you know, type mean shit about, you know, creative projects that you have no, no real insight into, um, you know, that, that could ultimately damage, you know, somebody's career, like, because you went in, when it wasn't ready, you know, like I think West Side Story like did the right thing. There, it's, it's a tech-heavy show. They're using they're using video for the sets, right? Is that like that's essentially what it, what it boils down to? The video that they're using is taking the place of set design, pretty much. What I gather, yeah. You know, I mean, this is a very tech-heavy production, and you want to get that right. You need to get that right if it's yeah. that integral into into the piece. Otherwise, you're not going to actually see the real show. Um, you know, and as far as like Sarah Jessica Parker and 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 um, and Matthew Broderick Matthew. go, he he actually quoted a critic in Boston who said something about like, oh, here it was. Um, he the, he a critic was asked. Um, why he hadn't reviewed Plaza Suite, a Boston critic. And the Boston critic said um, Plaza Suite was, quote, just a commercial venture, a celebrity production for Broadway of a dated Neil Simon vehicle. So why bother? Well, but that's But that's almost the flip side of what we're talking about, which is then it sounds like they were invited and this critic just didn't, uh, sounds like. We lost dog. Um, Wait, yeah. do you hear me? Do you now hear me now? Hear you. Now we hear you. Now we hear you. I said that it sounds like this critic was invited and was just didn't want to go. Well, I think, and then Jeremy like had an issue with that too. That's the damn job he, he writes, and we're privileged to have it. So when we minimize or self censor, it's downright dispiriting. And like I have to say, I, I have to say kudos to Bill Marks from Boston here, who was saying it's just a commercial venture, a celebrity production for a, you know this dated vehicle. Why should I bother? He was basically saying, 
I'm not interested in reviewing that. I would rather see something innovative and fresh. That's what he was saying, just not in so many words. And honestly, as a critic, that's his prerogative. If he felt like this was a dated celebrity vehicle and he didn't want to see it, I see no shame in that. In fact, I applaud him because Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick don't need the reviews. No. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, so I think that I just felt like there was kind of like this shock, like, well, who wouldn't want to go see this commercial vehicle? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, I don't know, somebody who actually likes theater and not celebrity vehicles. Yeah, with very limited runs that are mostly sold out. Right. And so he's basically, you know, he was saying, and I think that this is the right thing, he was saying, it does a disservice to my readers because what if I I review this thing and they can't get in to see it anyway? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's really something extraordinary too. I've had been lucky enough to work on a number of shows that have sold out actually before we've even opened. And not once did a critic say, well, they don't need the review, so I'm just not going to weigh in. Now, I would have fought it because all of these companies are young companies and they could use sure. the, you know, and it's helpful for, um, for, for funding. And, like, there are a thousand reasons why we need the reviews. But interestingly enough, not one said, well, I'm not going to review this show because it is sold out and my readers can't get, can't purchase the tickets. Like, they're not going to be able to right. purchase tickets. So what's the point? And again, it sort of boils down to that, like, okay, so that's kind of Consumer Report E-esque, you know, but I will say, like, you know, I've gotten turned down by larger outlets because that's their argument. Well, it's a small theater in a short run, so my readers, my viewers are never going to be able to make it into New York in time to see this show while, it, you know, so, so we're not going to tell them about it. But really, it's just like they're saying, well, it's just too small. Because I don't think that they would turn down Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, but they ha- they would have the same problem. They don't, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. don't, there are no tickets. So it's the same, it's the same, it's like the flip side, but it's the same. There aren't, they, their viewers or readers would not be able to get tickets to that. Yes, I, I, I agree. Yeah, so um, anyway. Um, which uh, sort of is a good segue for another article that uh, you threw my way about one Andy Cohen of Bravo fame. Now, I know you watch the Bravo shows, and I don't know how much Andy is on them, or if he's just the producer and he does his, like, uh, you know, his, his no, Bravo he's, late night. No, he's a constant... He does the the five nights a week, watch what happens live. Right. Um, and he hosts the reunions, which are like three or four episodes now that end every season of all the Housewives shows. So it's not every show that's on Bravo, but he produces most of the, uh, most of the Housewives and, and hosts all the reunions. Um, We've lost you again, Doug, which sucks because I don't know anything about the Housewives. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. I'm back. Um, and I was just saying his presence dominates the network from top to bottom. Okay. Throughout. Well, he was writing about, I guess there's a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star um, currently in the Broadway musical Chicago. Chicago yes. does a lot Erica of Jane. casting. Um, yes. That's been the Weisslers. Uh, who is it? It's the Weislers, right? Yeah, Fran and Barry. That's been their sort of... Um, their, that's been their calling card, particularly with this long-running show, is they do a lot of stunt casting in two roles. I think it's mostly the two roles, um, which I can't remember what they are offhand. Um, and so they'll bring in reality, reality TV stars and um, sort of pseudo-celebrities, um, not quite A-listers, to step into these roles uh, to keep their ticket sales sort of churning. But Andy was apparently um, unhappy that <laughs> when he was invited to see the show by the by the production, he asked for four tickets, but they would only comp him two. Yeah, I mean, and this goes back to what we were saying before. Um, you know, I mean, like when you're rich and famous and noteworthy, and you get a lot of free. We we lost Doug again. I hate it that this glitch is happening. Stop. We lost you. you. Now we hear you. Do you hear me now? Yes. Oh, now okay. Because I could hear you saying, I was like, what happened? Look, when you're rich and famous, you get a lot of free stuff. 
you don't need it. You don't really deserve it, but it comes as part and parcel. And if you show up or you mention a product, they can use it to promote it. Fine. But when you, for whatever reason, don't get the free stuff, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was just kind of gross. Like, cause he, petty. Like, I mean, he's, yeah. he's very petty. It you was know, very my, petty. I, I have now, I have now watched a lot of those shows. Um, you know, I, 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 I can sit back and enjoy them some more than others. Um, but I mean, I think, I think he promotes a lot of really terrible notions. I think, I always question his taste and his tact. And this to me is just another example of that in real time. Yeah, like it was sort of weird because he, he was apparently going on and, and, and this was reported, I think it was like, you know, cheat sheet or something as the story that I'm looking at, but he was actually saying this on Watch What Happens Live. This was like his big gripe. He was, yeah, it was like on air to however many viewers he has. And he was just basically like complaining about it, saying, you know, he's given them so much publicity because of Erica Jane being in the show. And he deserved, you know, those two additional comps. And it wasn't the money he had to spend. It was the quote-unquote principal. Right. And of I, course, the principal. The principal. The principal that he should have been given two additional free tickets. Yeah. He wanted four and he only got two. Boo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, I was like, that's okay. Like, the principal. Like, that didn't make... And then he went on to sort of say, like, the entire cast was too old. Yeah, he said a lot of shit, a lot of backhanded compliments, not like kind of passive. Mm, we lost Doug again. Every time you're saying something yeah. good, we lose you. We lose you. Oh, oh. Um, I, I was saying he, yeah, he was kind of giving backhanded compliments and shading a lot of the cast, saying, "Oh, they're good," but you know, for someone in their fifties and stuff like that. Yeah, and it was just kind of the dancing was great. But they're old, you know what I mean? And it was yeah. like, it, so it's sort of like, you know, I guess saying like, like they've been with the show for too long. Um, you know, oh, she's serving AARP realness. He, um, he like, he, he said, he said that about the, the actor that plays Velma Kelly, um, Amra Faye Wright. I mean, I was just kind of like. Yeah, I mean, it's shitty. There's no way to slice and dice it where he doesn't, where he's not petty, where he's not juvenile, where he's not ungrateful. Right. It's I, shitty. And would he, have, would he have been talking this shit if he had gotten the two additional comp tickets? So if he had been comped, if he had been comped the four tickets, we lost Doug again. If he had been comped the four tickets, would he have not been bitching about how the the actors in the show were quote unquote old, you know, AARP realist activa activia realness? Like, would he have not? Would he have? I don't know. About my, that? You know, my, my my guess is he would have maybe taken one shot and that would be it. Um, but I, like, he's clearly like trying to fire at them because he felt he was somehow wronged. And I've seen him be like that at some of the reunions where he clearly always plays favorites. Um, and if someone says something that he doesn't agree with, he like shoves it right back at you. And I'm like, you're supposed to be playing Papa Bear here, not Goldilocks. Um, and that's where we are with him. Yeah, I thought I was, I was sort of like, I was really sort of shocked by that, you know, I mean, especially like digging at the performers like that, like you just like, that's, that's just not cool. Like that sort of dig at them. No, you no. know, I mean, especially I, I, like these are working actors. Yes, yeah. they're on Broadway, but they are working actors. These are not names. These are not necessarily people that can even afford to go a week without a Broadway salary. And there you are slandering them. Right, right. And sort of like saying these terrible things simply because you didn't get two tickets. Like that's what? Yeah. Uh, 140 bucks out of your pocket. Like right. I mean, let's be real. How 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 expensive are Chicago tickets? It's been running forever. I, I mean, I'm sure that that show always has empty seats every night. Like the yeah, those yeah. tickets you could spend whatever. Uh not a lot. But also if you really wanted to get back at this show and were so affronted by the fact that they only gave you two free instead of four, then don't go. Like, then that's you showing them up. Then don't go. Right. Stop promoting it. Yeah. Just don't don't say anything. I mean, that kind of... Exactly. I don't know. I was just kind of... In a way, like, I would have been like, that would have been worse. But, you know... He's, he is a very um, enabled and entitled creature. Um, and you see it on the network all the time. And he's very petty and uh, really thinks it's his world. 
Yeah. And I just thought that that was, you know, and the other sort of thing that I think people don't get is that the producers are putting real money into the show. So like, even though you, there's this sort of like, well, it's just two tickets, right? It's just two additional tickets. Do you know how many times I have been asked for just two tickets? Right. Like it impacts the bottom line. I mean, I could tell you like financially, like how much the just press seats, just press seats, not even like anybody asking for extra, like how much that can cost a show, you know, because it's always like the best seats in the house. You know, if you have tiered pricing based on your seating, which a lot of venues do now, like this is always the top, you know, the press seats are always going to be the top tier seats. They're going to be the most expensive seats in the house. You guys always get the best seats. Um, you know, so there's some very real money on the line. And so like, well, you know, and, and there are more than one person who is asking for just an extra ticket, just two extra tickets, you know, and, and you're already given the courtesy comp of the plus one, right? I mean, it's like, it's not your, these are not your tickets to take, you know, the, exactly, exactly. You, you know what I mean? Like and you were given the two courtesy comps and you were promoting the show and thank you very much. But at the same time, it was sort of like, well, if you were that upset about only getting two comps, like then don't promote the show anymore. Like, you know, cause they're like, right. well, isn't our promotion worth something? Well, like if you want something in return for that, then like tell them to buy an ad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is like, this is the world of business. Like, let's, like, let's face it, you know, and I get it. Like there shouldn't be pay to play and, you know, and all of that, but in a lot of ways, and this is going to sort of like brand, I know a lot of publicists disagree with this, but in a lot of ways, I like pay to play because at least you know where you stand. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if a radio station, commercial radio is notorious for pay to play, you can't get any editorial on commercial unless you are doing an ad buy. And like, at least I know, don't go pitching commercial radio, you know? And I love it when commercial radio turns around and comes to me and they want comp tickets. Cause I'm like, no, because I know how it works. You know, I mean, this happened with a show several months ago of mine and commercial radio came a knock in and the show was sold out. And I was like, no, we, you know, I, I was like, I'm sorry, I would love to, but you know, I'm sold out and we're not doing an ad buy. Yeah. You know, and so, and so when it comes down to it, you're just going to get free tickets and there's no ad buy involved. And so you can't do anything for this show. Um, you know, so, so that's like the one great thing about pay to play is you always know where you stand. And if you can come up, you know, with some loot, you can, you can buy your way to editorial, you know, and that, and that's easier than sort of like, you know, the hemming and the hawing and the. And the, well, I want 10 tickets, you know, not two and, you know, all that other shit that goes on. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's it. Are we done with this? Yeah, I think, I think we covered it from all sides. Um, um, yeah, well, I'll keep going to shows and I'll keep writing about them and I'll keep talking about them here. And you'll keep voting for them in your awards, the, your, that back alley awards stuff that goes on with you guys. <laughs> back alley awards stuff? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Who the hell knows what goes on in those super secret handshake meetings? There's no handshaking, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Coronavirus, no handshaking allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend you, Doug, or did I just lose you? I know. I know. You lost It was like this, my computer is now trying to protect me. Um, um, no, we can certainly move on. And I actually will be fairly quick and concise. I will say um, some nice things about uh, a couple things that I recently uh, saw and enjoyed, one of which was a movie, which was the newest film adaptation of Emma. Jane Austen's Emma. Have you read any Jane Austen novels? It has been a while and I have not read Emma. Um, so I've never read any Jane Austen and I like for the last four or five years, every year I've made like a list. Like some people make resolutions and saying, these are the authors. I just want to read 
the, their canon. I want to read all of their works and just do them all at once and know them. And it's always been like Jane Austen and Charles Dickens and Nabokov and all of Tony Moore. We've lost Doug again. I can't riff on this. I didn't see Emma. I didn't read it. Okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. We had lost you. Oh, I, I was listing all the, uh, all the authors that I keep saying I'm going to read at once and then don't. And then you never do. Um, and Jane is one uh, of them. Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, Nabokov, Toni Morrison, which is, you know, ambitious. Um, and so I never do it. But I think this is the year I'm going to do it. So hold me to it in 2020, guys. Um, but this, uh, this Emma is, um, pretty astute. It's, uh, I think really cleverly adapted. There aren't a ton of surprises, but there are some subtle changes in mood and also in the performance of Anya Taylor Joy, who is, um, uh, she is the title character of Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also the male lead, who is Johnny Flynn, who I don't know that I've really gotten to talk about on this podcast, but he's a wonderful singer and a wonderful actor. Uh, so good. I didn't realize he was actually a trained actor. I thought he was a singer so popular he got to act. But it turns out he was actually uh, trained at, I think, Lambda in London. Um, and he is playing David Bowie in the upcoming biopic of David Bowie called Stardust. Um, and he's really terrific, like a very um, smart, uh, detailed uh, performance. So so that's like the second movie I've seen on the big screen um, all year. And, um, and I'm glad I did. And it is good. But I also did something else this weekend. I went to a concert. You did. And I saw and you have the pictures to prove it. I saw them on social media. I did. The pictures are not great, but they are up on social media. Um, and I should post a few probably on our Facebook page. Uh, but I saw, I took, it was a birthday and Christmas gift, a Christmas gift, uh, to my fiance. We saw Celine Dion. Oh man. Like I can't even talk about Celine Dion. I didn't even know she was in concert coming to Brooklyn. Um, Oh, yeah. Are you like, are you like in suspense? I Uh, am because you, you you just like, it was like you, you said like you took her to Celine Dion and then, and then you cut out. Yeah. So it was like, it was was like, (gasps) you took her and, and so I want to know, Celine, her pipes good. And, and, and the pipes are amazing. It's pretty great. I, it was at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. We had pretty good seats. Um, and she does all, pretty much all, all the hits. And this is coming off her Vegas residency. So she knows how to handle an audience very well. I think something curious has happened with her where she's in like a new phase of her career where she's no longer like the butt of a joke, but kind of respected because she has endured and found a way to, um, like outsmart the music industry, which keeps changing. And she found a way to make Boku bucks and just keep singing the same songs. Um, and she sings that. What do you think did that, right? Like as the music industry, like, like Madonna is sort of like, was always that sort of known chameleon. And she was always able to sort of like reinvent herself to stay current up until like, I guess she turned 60. Um, But, but like, what, what is Celine's magic? Because you're absolutely right. She has done nothing groundbreaking, you know, since basically Titanic, right? I mean, that was sort of like, like, she was always sort of around. Yeah, no, I mean, she, she only had, she had a greatest hits album and one, one more studio album, like around 2002. And then she became a mom and moved them all to Vegas and did the Vegas residency for 12, 15, 16 years, whatever it was. Um, and I think part of it is distance. So she didn't look needy. She didn't look like she was trying to find the new hook, the new sound. And I think the other thing is we don't have many good voices anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, so you can appreciate it a bit. You don't have to think, you can think the music is, tacky or like the ballads are too bloated which they either are or they're not they're either going to work for you or they're not they do for me but but you know we don't have we don't have great voices anymore and a lot of what we have is they're not even great lyrics it's not even a great hook it's it's this sample or that sort of tech heavy um sound uh and i won't go as far as to say it's interchangeable but they're less distinct, typically, 
now. Um, and, and she has found a way to endure. She has kept her voice in tip top shape. She has kept her body physically in tip top shape. Um, and not everyone who's been around for 30 years can say or do that. So how, how many hours was her concert? Well, interestingly, I, it was a little over two Damn. for us. We went, we went on Saturday and she played at Barclays the Friday night also. Uh, and that was the one that some critics got to go to and, and they were tweeting about it. I think she was done by about 9.30 for them and she was done at about 10.15 for us. Wow. Um, I don't know that her set list included anything more, but I think she interacted with the audience a bit more. I think she stopped. I don't know if it was real, like, like departing from a script or if it was planned departing from a script, but the fact that it was longer than the night before tells me it was probably unplanned and that she held her own really well. I think she has a great sense of humor about herself. Right. So she's probably laughing louder and why shouldn't she? Um, and in on the joke. So the joke starts to be not as much fun when the person you're laughing at is laughing at you. Right. Um, and I think that's part of her power. But she seems to genuinely love performing and know how lucky she is. And, you know, the gift of a voice is right. still there. Well, I was saying she knows she's lucky and she loves performing. Um, and the, the voice is a gift and she's kept it up. Yeah, I think I think one thing I think that is sort of like really interesting about her... And, um, you know, a few of the others that are sort of like her, um, I'm offhand, I can't think of who I'm thinking, like, I know who I'm thinking of, and I can't, they, they often go to Vegas and do the residencies, like, mm-hmm. I think they just really like their fans. Yeah. Like, that's always so the too. sense, yeah, like, I, I so get too. from them, is, like, they're so grateful, and they really care about their fans, and they're really, like, about doing this for the people that are buying the tickets, and they do feel a sense of, um... I guess, indebtedness, like they feel like they have to go out there and deliver this like really great show for their legions of fans. Cause I do believe that Madonna is like this as well. I don't think that, you know, I, that God knows that woman works is like the hardest worker yeah, in the room, yeah, you like know, um, yeah. to make sure that her concerts are spec fucking tacular, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and so I, I just, I, I love that. I think that that's really extraordinary because that's sort of like, you know, for for these people, it's like sort of like where it begins and ends, right? You know, your record. Yeah, label, as you come up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's going to make your record label happy is your sales, and the only way you can generate sales is your fans. And so, to give them something back, which I feel like Celine is doing, Madonna does. Um, you know, there are a select number of performers that actually like sort of like get on stage and do that. Um, you know, I think I think that's really important. I think that's why they have the longevity that they have. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I mean, they're not out there, you know, pulling like an Adam Levine. You know what I mean? Who apparently made an ass of himself over the weekend at some concert he was doing, I think, in Brazil or something like that. Where oh, he actually, I, I, I had not heard that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what happened. It was just sort yeah, of like a blip. There. Uh, oh, now we lost dog. We would have lost Doug for realsies. I oh, could tell yeah. I was being I, I was being cut off, so I didn't say anything. I waited. You know, you there's like a requisite amount of ego for anyone who's going to be like in that position of fame and performing all the time. Um, but the best ones are the ones who maintain that ego, but are able to also keep it in check. Right. If that makes sense. Um, so 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 yeah. I want to say one other thing, which is. Like, eight or nine years ago, you and I had a conversation where I was like, yeah, we should do a Broadway musical about Gloria Stefan. And then we never did, and other people did, and <laughs> it did really well. So now I'm saying we need to do the Broadway musical of Celine Dion's career. Um, so I'm putting it out there, and, and, and we, I need to get to work on it. We own the IP. We're just yeah, going to say that right now. We own the IP. <laughs> that's our IP. <laughs> And we'll sue you if you come up with this Broadway musical before us. Um, uh, and, and you know, uh, Alyssa's like, and you could do it easily. You could cast anyone because basically everyone that comes up now, you know, instead of having these refined voices, they have belting voices. So they could, you could probably find quite a few talented people to do it. Um, so yeah, we own the rights and we're going to, we're going to work on it and none of you do it. Yeah, Exactly. 
Um, good. Well, it sounds like you had a good weekend of things. It was a nice weekend. It was a nice weekend of, uh, entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I saw stuff, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but not movie stuff. I stayed home. Um, I'm going to try and, and see more stuff and talk about it next week too. But I have another question for our peeps. Yeah. Are any of you guys watching Love is Blind? Because I just don't get it. And everyone I know seems to be watching it. Is it good? Is it so bad it's good? Is it good, good? Let us know. What are people saying to you that I... Because, like, when you asked me about it earlier today, I was like, I don't know what the hell that is. And you had to tell me what it was. And, like, are people talking about this? Because I haven't seen this anywhere. Yeah, it's. I seem. I seem to like not be able to get away from people talking about it. And do they like it? It's hard to tell, but they keep watching it, and then you know they're tweeting about it or whatever. Um, which goes back to my like, will you just watch anything that Netflix tells you to watch? Sort of mentality. Yeah, but um, I know because you were like, I was because you were it once, and I was like, people I are. I, see it. I think people are kind of liking it, but I also think. Uh, you know, now almost more than ever, people really have a high tolerance for the ultra lowbrow. So, you know, yeah, it's like, probably people are liking it tongue in cheek, but it's still liking it and taking up your time to watch it. So I'm it, curious if really it, you're enjoying it or not. When you explained it to me, I was sort of like in my head thinking it sounded like the dating game meets The Bachelor. Would that be accurate? We're leaving you in suspense about whether or not that's accurate. Doug, did yeah, you Yeah, I'm me? here now, so, uh, no, no. No, right. what I said, I, I missed the question. Okay, because I had asked, it, I had said it sounded like the dating game meets The Bachelor. Am I accurate? Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet, so we have to ask our listeners. Oh, okay. Um, I think, I think you're, yeah, I think that's, Part of it, but not the full thing, is my is what I gather. Because I think part of it is, then once the these couples commit and like say yes, I'll marry you. Now I can see you. Then they all are like housed together, and they can see all the people they turned down who are now engaged to other new people they didn't see. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other part of it. Um, I don't know. I don't like. I don't know. It sounds awful to me, and I may be wrong. So I want to know. Yeah, well, let everybody let us know so we don't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for once, let us know if it sucks. Yeah, tit for tat. Um, so I, I think I think we're I, I kind of feel like we're we we're at a good place to wrap up our yeah. yeah we're exiting off the freeway now yeah considering you know with our technical difficulties that have yes. been plaguing us all night yes thanks for your patience as always thanks Karen for vamping as always I try. Um, so, so yeah, let us know what you think about the things we have said. Yeah, holla back at um, uh, the, the Back on the Block pod on Facebook. Yep, and give us five-star reviews. Yeah, regardless of our technical difficulties, you guys yeah. love them. <laughs> Keeps you on your toes. That's right. It's kind of like Mad Libs. Yeah, exactly. What's Doug going to say next? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, until uh, until next time, right? Until next time. Yep. See you then. Bye. Bye.